Welcome to Vital Voices. 75 years ago this year, the first bottles of Dr. Enough were produced by Tri-City Beverage in Johnson City, Tennessee. Now known as a soft drink, Dr. Enough was originally promoted as a dietary supplement. Tri-City Beverage has been in the same family ever since World War II veteran Charles Gordon Sr. created the business in 1947. In 1949, he added Dr. Enough to his product line and developed some ingenious strategies to promote his product. Charles Gordon Sr. died in 2004. His son, Chuck, now runs the company, and he talked to us about his father's legacy and Dr. Enough. Well, my dad, Charles Gordon Sr., was born and raised in Marion, Virginia, just up the road in Smith County, Virginia. My mother also was from Marion, so they met there and knew each other well, and she ended up going to Hollins College in Roanoke. He went to Virginia Tech, studied engineering, and they were married right after graduation, and he got commissioned and headed off to World War II and European as a glider pilot. So after the war, he came home and ended up in Johnson City instead of Marion, mainly because during the war, my grandfather had moved from Marion down to manage and uh, run Empire Furniture Company. So when Dad came home from the war, Mother was here, and uh, my older sister was already born during the war. So we grew up in Johnson City, and he, with his father's help, who then retired from Empire Furniture, decided to build a furniture factory and also a soft drink bottling company. His uh, interest in soft drink bottling uh, started when he was young in Marion, where he worked for summers at the bottling plant there. So he kind of got to know about soft drinks, and he liked the idea, and there wasn't a bottler in Johnson City that was doing the drinks that were represented out of Marion, so he opened an extension of that facility, and that was mostly called Tip Bottling. They were a series of flavors that were popular at the time. But uh, shortly thereafter, he moved on to other brands as, as he got the plant up and running. Built a couple of Quonset huts on Walnut Street. Uh, at the same time, was erecting Quonset huts on Love Street off of Tennessee Street, the old Tennessee Street, for his furniture factory. So he had a lot going on at the time, but they were going up simultaneously in about 1946, 1947. Tri-City Beverage was incorporated and created June of 1947. We hear the word entrepreneur a lot nowadays, but that word seems to describe your father perfectly. Well, he was definitely an entrepreneur. His uh, education was industrial engineering from Virginia Tech, but he, uh, he built the businesses and then he ran them. He did the marketing, he did sales, he did the production, he did the product development. Uh, he did it all. I'm curious about your father's use of Quonset huts, and a couple of those are still standing here in Johnson City. It's my understanding that Quonset huts were readily available. Uh, some were war surplus, or I guess most of them were. Uh, they were easily to uh, erect. Uh, I understand that the Army could put one up in, in a day. Uh, 
So he erected the two Quonset huts that were on Walnut Street and then some rather large ones for the furniture plant. Uh, they were very efficient, their shape and their size. They didn't have any uh, posts in them, so they were freestanding interior-wise. Uh, they were, as far as he was concerned, they were perfect for a manufacturing facility. The furniture business ended up taking most of his time, so he hired a couple of people to run Tri-City Beverage uh, by the early 50s. And uh, by 1957 or 8, uh, Bill Bridgeforth came along to be general manager, and he stayed until his retirement many, many years later. And he's responsible for, partly responsible for the development of Mountain Dew as we know it today. What led up to the production of Dr. Enough at Tri-City Beverage in 1949? Well, my understanding, it was a, it was a flavors, a, a drink of flavors. Now, my flavors back then, they had grape and strawberry and orange and uh, lemonade type under the brand name called TIP, T-I-P. And uh, then the next brand I think he started running was Hires Root Beer. And then along came Sundrop, which was a very popular southern drink at the time. Uh, he picked up at a trade show and learned about Dr. Enough, which was a brand new drink that a gentleman in Chicago was trying to get bottlers to produce. He just had an idea to create a drink that replenished all the, I guess they call nutrients that your body had exhausted in a hard day's work. Uh, it was sold as a dietary supplement, a tonic, if you will, to something to pick you up, make you feel better, re-energize you, uh, get you going for the rest of the day. And that's what Dr. Nuff was. It was in a seven ounce bottle when most soft drinks were 10 ounce. We sold it in uh, four packs for 98 cents. So that's basically 25 cents a bottle. And almost all soft drinks, of the brands we all knew from back then, were selling for only a nickel. So it really wasn't sold or marketed as a soft drink. It was sold as a dietary supplement, something to give you a boost, pick you up. I guess today it'd be called an energy drink. When you look at all the, the old newspaper ads that were run, uh, they were full of testimonials about what this drink was doing for these people. Of course, you had to take into consideration the lifestyles of the 50s and uh, what people did for their aches and pains of the day. A lot of it had to do with uh, whether it was arthritis, a sour stomach, whatever that means, uh, headaches, migraine headaches, uh, just that worn down, tired feeling. The image of Dr. Nuff was a little doctor with a derby hat and a black bag. Let's talk about some of the strategies that your father used to promote Dr. Enough in the late 1940s and early 1950s. Back in the early 50s, with the help of the advertising gentleman at the Johnson City Press Chronicle, they created a full-page ad on the back of the paper. And the layout made it look like the front page, big extra across the top, and uh, the whole front, that whole page was about Dr. Enough. And uh, the story goes that they went out and slipped a few bucks or coins to the paper boys to fold them backwards so that when you opened them up, that was the front page, not the back page. Everyone thought that was the headlines of the paper that day. 
For someone who's never tried a doctor enough, describe the flavor. When I was growing up, what I remember about Dr. Nuff was enough to know that I didn't like it. Uh, you, you know, we're kids, and when you pop the top off of that Dr. Nuff, you got a nice big whiff of those vitamins. And if you can remember, vitamins used to have a distinct odor. Uh, maybe aroma, I should say, not odor. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't what kids wanted to smell. Uh, but it was today all of the vitamins and, and minerals that you put into these drinks are odorless but back in the 50s they all had that uh, medicinal smell and that's exactly the first thing you smelled when you took the lid off maybe that's why people thought it was doing them some good they didn't think they were drinking a soft drink they thought they were drinking a, a supplement to help you feel better and I guess the, the aroma of those vitamins helped you believe that. Uh, over time, though, I, they got odorless vitamins, and we don't have that smell at all in our drink. Would you call it a lemon-lime flavor? Well, it was a lemon-lime-based drink. was then and is still today. The formula is exactly the same. Let's talk about the distribution of Dr. Enough. Where is it available? I get the question a lot, why don't you, why can't I find Dr. Enough here, there, wherever they are, are asking me about. And I'd have to admit that we have tried over the years to take Dr. Nuff beyond this East Tennessee region. But that's very difficult to do in the soft drink business. Uh, and we only have so much production capacity here. So we now only concentrate in Upper East Tennessee, uh, Southwest Virginia, Southeast Kentucky, Western North Carolina. Uh, that's our region, and we utilize distributors around us, Knoxville, Asheville, Southwest Virginia, Western North Carolina, to take it beyond our delivery trucks routes. And that's still our distribution today. Cracker Barrel does use Dr. Nuff in their old store uh, nationwide. Then came the opportunity with PALS. And we thought, well, Powell's is a lot like Dr. Nuff. You know, they're an East Tennessee institution. And if we were going to do it for any place, then we decided Powell's would be a good one. And I think we just kind of came together to make that decision. We had talked off and on for a couple of years. But uh, finally, uh, it all came together, and we decided to do it we call bag-in-a-box production so that they could mix it at their fountainheads and would only limit it to PALS. As far as production goes, we can safely and easily say that Dr. Enough is unique to East Tennessee. Originally in the late 40s, and I think all the way into around early to mid-50s, uh, there were other places producing Dr. Enough, uh, Kansas City, St. Louis, Chicago, so it did exist, but it just apparently disappeared by the mid-50s, and it was only here in East Tennessee. Dr. Enough, of course, is still bottled in glass, and that's not the only product that comes off the line at Tri-City Beverage. Uh, the biggest thing that we finally got into was Canada Dry Mixers, the little 10-ounce bottles that you see on the grocery store sh shelf. And there's just not a lot of glass lines left. Most everyone has gone to cans and plastic. So we run a lot of 10-ounce glass mixers 
for uh, Canada Dry Club Soda, Tonic, Ginger Ale. Uh, we do it private label for Harris Teeter and Foodline. We do it for a company out of New York called White Rock. They're, so we make a lot of mixers. Uh, we are the glass bottler for Cheerwine. Uh, most of their production out of North Carolina is cans and plastic, but they still like their traditional 10-ounce long neck bottle, and we uh, run most of Cheerwine's glass production here. Your father, Charles Gordon Sr., lived quite a life, and he was involved in so many other endeavors besides producing soft drinks. One of his uh, most loved involvement was always the Salvation Army. And today you have the Charles O. Gordon Sr. Center of Hope there, and most people don't realize that the chapel there has a bronze plaque on it from my grandfather. Uh, Lawrence E. Gordon. So the Salvation Army was something that he dedicated a lot of his free time to. Uh, Johnson City meant a lot to him. So he served on the city commission and he served as mayor uh, the years that where they made the decision to build Freedom Hall, which is, I think, the big thing that took place at that time. He was quite active in other little businesses. He had uh, Gordon Marine and he was the first uh, boat and motor dealer in the area with all the TVA lakes we had. Gordon Marine sat over uh, right off of Walnut Street. He, he would do anything that he thought was fun. He also got interested in the citrus business in Florida and had quite, quite an investment in groves in two large counties in Florida. I often think that what a wonderful time I had growing up as a kid, whether it was on a farm, whether it was in a marine and boat and motor place, uh, in a furniture factory with woodworking machinery, in a soft drink bottling plant. And we need to mention that your mother, Evelyn, who has now passed the age of 100, follows a very special ritual every day. Every day that I drop by, the first thing she's looking forward is to having her afternoon doctor enough. We've been talking about the 75th anniversary of Dr. Enough in Johnson City, Tennessee, with Chuck Gordon, whose late father, Charles Gordon Sr., founded Tri-City Beverage. I'm Fred Saucer.